Philips is focused on innovation to improve the health and well-being of people. Our devices and device-agnostic informatics solutions can scale across your enterprise to help care teams diagnose, treat, and manage patients with accuracy, speed, and confidence. By connecting the digital patient story, physicians and clinicians have intelligence for decision-making in the moment and insight to see beyond. It's our privilege to partner with you to care for the carers and to improve the lives of the people and patients they serve. Philips, innovation and you. This is Kate Cruz recording live at the 8th Annual Becker's HIT Digital Health and RCM Conference in Chicago. I'm here with Michelle Charles. Michelle, to get us started, can you share a bit about yourself, your role and your organization? Sure. As you said, I'm Michelle Charles. I am the Senior Vice President, Chief Nurse Informatics Officer, and Virtual Care Officer. Uh, I've been at Parkview a little over four years, and uh, Parkview Health is a 11-bed hospital, non-for-profit system in Northeast Indiana. Uh, our mission is efficient care and good care, every patient, every day. And we really strive toward that. Since I've been at Parkview, uh, I've started the nursing informatics department as well as a virtual care department. And one of the goals at Parkview is to really to meet the patient where they are at every journey through their healthcare continuum. And so I feel this is where digital and virtual care can really have a lot of opportunity to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that introduction. Michelle, when you think of digital innovation in healthcare right now, what excites you the most and why? Well, as a nurse, I think it's all the things that are coming out for nursing that is a supplement to help us with our everyday care. Uh, for instance, uh, we have, I started the virtual care department and we have our virtual care center, which is like a virtual hospital. And in there, we have telemetry monitoring. We monitor over a hundred patients across the system. I have my virtual sitter program. We have four sitters across uh, around the clock that monitors patients for falls or any other activity that we need to be watched to keep them safe. We have our virtual nurse tra uh, transformational program where we do admissions and discharges as well as uh, looking at other ways that we can help decrease the burden documentation. And then we also have our surveillance pro program. This is where we have ICU nurses that use predictive model modeling to look at what's going on across the system for all of our hospitals. We have a deterioration index as well as a sepsis index and they secure chat or reach out to nurses when they see something's going on. So this is to be proactive to let the nurses know, hey, something's going on with your patient. So the virtual care program, it has really grown tremendously over the year, over this year. Uh, and so the goal is how else can we do? One of the things we're looking at piloting right now is to have a virtual nurse discharge navigator where we have a lot of patients waiting to be going home. We have a lot of patients waiting for admission, right? If we have exceeded time that the patient should have been gone, the virtual nurse navigator can go in, look to say, why is the patient still here? Are they waiting on a lab? Are they waiting on an x-ray? Are they waiting on placement? Are they waiting on a specialty consult to sign off? Or are they waiting on a ride where we can send them down to our hospitality lounge for the family to pick them up? This is another way that the virtual nurse can use virtual tools to really enhance the work that's going on at the bedside. That's some really awesome innovation and um, work that you've done. Um, at your organization, what are some top priorities for technology? What are the big issues you're trying to solve? And I'm really interested to hear you know, a nurse's perspective on this. 
So one of the things we're trying to, to uh, solve at our organization really is how do we meet the patient where they are? How do we give the patient what they need? I always talk about how you hear technology, 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 but it is about how you introduce it. How do we, we have, what we've started is our usability scenario lab. Whenever you introduce a new technology into your organization, you also have to look at what technology you already have. Is the new technology adding work or taking away work and making things more efficient? So as a nurse, if you add generative AI, where they're gonna do dictation, but if I could do my admission with two clicks, why do I really need generative AI? Now, if it's gonna help me do coding better, yes. What is the use case for the technology, right? Mm -hmm. And if I introduce new technology and I don't look at the system design life cycle of that technology and the outcomes of that technology, we're really not doing anything, right? One of the things I look at most closely is I'm always in my nurse mode, but not just nurse. I supported clinicians for a long time in the technology space. That inter interrelationship between the technology and the clinical. Technology digital is a tool, but at the end of the day, at the end of every piece of technology is a patient. So we have to do our due diligence that when we're introducing new technology, that we understand its effect, its outcome, and what it's meant to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, we are now in the arena of cyber attack, right? We cannot let technology as much as all of it become so invasive that I forget at the core of me as a nurse or, or a physician or NPP, how to take care of patients, right? Yep. We have a cyber attack. There is no heart monitor. There is no generative AI. There is no predictive analytics. Yep. Can you take care of your patient? So the expectation is, is that we have a balance. Yeah. We say, yes, these tools are phenomenal. It is predicting this, it's saving time, but we don't have any technology now. Can I listen to my patient's heart tones and say S1, S2 is normal, but I got an S3 and it may be congestive heart failure. Can I look at my patient and see that their color looks off? There's something going on. We cannot forget that at the core of everything that we're doing, and I love technology, it is the patient. We always focus on the patient, right? So this is why I love doing what I'm doing because I can say, hey, let's do this technology, but I also can say on the clinical side, how does this relate to what we're doing? And do we have a technology that's all inclusive? Are we trying to just get a niche thing where it solves one problem? but then it solved that one problem, but added three more problems. So this is why I love what I do, because I think it gets, it allows me the opportunity to look and say, hmm, how does this work? And oh, wow, we just gave, we, we're doing virtual, we're doing admissions for the nurses and we saved 300 hours last month by doing admissions for nurses. Now that is phenomenal. That's incredible. Um, I am going to throw in a bit of a bonus question here. <laughs> so I am really fascinated about how you kind of started these two departments at your organization. What were some of your first objectives or goals within those departments um, when you started that? One goal was, was to have a nursing informatics department that interrelated with I, our IS department and did projects where we had 
a clinical person or component that understood the technology and then how to operationalize it with the bedsides, okay? So that's where the nursing informatics department came in. And that department, that was very strategic in how I built it. We have their nurses. They are certified in multiple modules within our EHR. They go through a year of training on how to do project management, how to do workflow design, how to do time and motion studies, how to do everything you need to do within a technological space to be able to have great outcomes. My virtual care department came about because of, I will be honest, a lot because of COVID. We, if you, we are the probably the largest footprint in Northeast Indiana. We have lots of patients, right? And so how do we help our nurses? How do we supplement what's going on at the bedside? And so that's where this came from. I got to doing a lot of reading around, wow, you know, how do we, if you're masking up and gowning up and by the time you get in the patient's room, the patient has failed. Okay, you know, if we had a virtual sitter cameraed in in the room, they can see what's going on. They know what's going on with the patient that gives the nurse time to get in, right? Same thing. We know sepsis is, is uh, one of the largest reasons for readmissions in the hospitals. Not only that, it is the most costly of diseases, right? Well, we implemented uh, with our EHR, the predictive modeling and, and a work list for our uh, virtual surveillance nurses. At the time, our bedside nurses were getting so much alert, they got alert fatigue. So what we did, we took our surveillance nurses who now get the alerts. Not said the, the uh, bedside nurse does get an alert, but we have decreased the alerts by 65% by having our surveillance nurses. But not only that, the surveillance nurses are really key to catching things early. I mean, if you got four patients, five patients, something's going on, it's beautiful. And they, the nurses love it. So that's where a lot of that virtual care department came. And now I'm looking at the use cases. How do we continue to supplement? This is not to replace. This is to truly supplement. And then what other new technologies are coming out that we can put in place to really you know, exceed or ex expedite what we're doing to really bring it, really bring that value to the bedside. So that's how those two came about. I'm a, I'm pretty innovative and I love looking at, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? We do, a, one of the things I do too, we do a lot of simulation. Before we did our virtual nurse admission program, we simulated that whole thing. Brought in bedside nurses. We thought we had the flow right. They were like, uh, no, <laughs> this is not going to work. So did we have to do? Redo it. That's the purpose. You never want to put something in production that you have not tested because most of the time you get one time to get it right. Mm -hmm. My goal is 80%. We do it good. 20%. We're going to have to optimize. That's with anything. Mm -hmm. You implement, you optimize, you sustain and scale. Those are my four tick points that I'm looking at when I'm implementing technology. Well, you just gave a great piece of advice, which is my next question. You are so passionate about what you do. I was going if people could see this on video, your eyes are lighting up. You, you love what you do, and I'm sure they can hear it in your voice. Do you have, uh, maybe you can just go in more depth of what you just gave, or you have another piece of advice that you would give to healthcare leaders today regarding digital innovation? I would say, remember that digital is a tool and that within the healthcare space, it is about the patient. And it is about the clinicians that we're trying to help, right? And don't lose sight of that. Because if you do, like, like I said before, if you have a cyber attack and you do not have a business continuity plan that addresses that, you're going to be in trouble. You're not going to be able to give your patient great care. 
So with all that we're doing with technology, and it is important, never forget that at the end of every piece of technology, there is a patient mm -hmm. and that we must do our due diligence to have a balance between the two. Yes, absolutely. That's some great advice. Thank you. Michelle, five years from now, what do you think will be the most significant change in healthcare delivery and operations? How should leaders prepare for this? I think five years from now, we will see a lot of what we consider inpatient care, outpatient, home care, patient at, uh, care at the home, uh, care in the ambulatory space. I predict that we're not, for those healthcare condition and diseases, that are not meant for the hospital, we're not gonna see that anymore. CMS is really driving that home. When you look at your total knees, your total joints, all that stuff, people used to go in the hospital and stay four days. A lot of that stuff is being done in an outpatient basis. I And I also think that we will see a lot more care in the home. Uh, the more we do with remote monitoring and being able to take people's blood pressures, heart rates, their weight and all that, the more, the care can be delivered at home, which I think is wonderful. So I think what we see now, when you look at the continuum of care, right? From home to your doctor's office, to your hospital, to procedures, I see a different landscape because people are gonna want to say, do I really have to be in the hospital for this? Do I really have to have this procedure here? I think, the patient are gonna push us to really understand where care should be given. Mm -hmm. So that's why I see, you're gonna see a, a serious shift going on. But I would say this, we should not shift until we understand if we are getting the same value, meaning patient outcomes from this shift. So I would say there needs to be lots of studies. There needs to be lots of optimization to be sure that we have outcomes to substantiate the moves that we're making with digital. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so grateful for our time today. This has been amazing. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know before we go today? I want to know, I want to thank Beckers for giving me the opportunity to talk about what Parker Health is doing in the digital and virtual space. Uh, and just thank you. All right, thank you, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.